0: Oh, jam hello everyone and welcome back to another fun filled there's no fun here episode of Monday night magic uh this is as chat informed me episode nice times 10 uh, I'll, you know I'm not even gonna say the number you can see it and if you're listening then you can see it there too so uh I'm chewy you can tell that because if you're watching the video it says it right under me uh and over and if you're there there
1: sounds like chewy I am. Uh, over there is Squee. I sound like me most of the time, except for that one time. That was weird. Well, that I was, was British.
0: Weird. And then way over there, like way over there on the
2: other side of the screen is Clues. Yep, says so, so right down there. It's right right down there. It says my name over there. That's that's Squee. Did I point the right way? Yeah, did. I did. That's that's Squee over that way. All right, great. Okay, yeah, we got it. We got it all all settled. So hey, if you're new here, welcome aboard. It's uh it's nice to have you here. And we're sorry.
0: And apologies for Clues' uh weird uh, hat thing that's happening on his video.
2: Yeah, it's, it's not... called a moire pattern. It's when you have a mismatch between two grids of similar sizes usually. Uh, often seen on digital sensors, quite frankly, but
0: How how do you spell that?
2: Uh, M-O-I-R-E, I want to say. That
1: That sounds right. right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm not really good at the whole spelling thing. For those of you that
1: are curious about it, it actually is pretty neat, and it will explain why some things look really weird when you're watching TV shows, where they've finally released like an upgrade from the old film. Like something might have been really fuzzy in the original movie, but now that they're doing their HD release, things that weren't a problem before are now a problem because you're digital, and things are recorded and compressed differently. So someone will walk out out of nowhere, and they'll have this weird fake CG Uncanny Valley shirt on that doesn't make any sense in the context of the movie.
0: So, is that also why, when you're like looking through a chain link fence and there's another one behind it, sometimes it will jump right up to your eyeballs and back? Yes, absolutely. I'm a little okay. bit, yeah. Yeah, it's
1: similar psychology.
0: I don't, I don't think that's psychology, but.
1: How guess, the brain interprets the world around it I think that's physiology isn't it I mean it's partially created by how your brain interprets yeah. it if you're not it's
2: it it, it's both yeah hmm
1: this so is I've, what I've got
2: is. this uh I've got this chair downstairs in the library and i there there are some things that I'd like to take pictures of in the library because library is a really nice setting it's got some nice backgrounds the lighting in there's pretty neat but the chair the the fabric that it's made out of is just plaid enough that I get that moiré pattern on like any picture I take. with
1: Have it. you considered so, softening the focus on your chair?
2: I have not.
1: Just have plaid not. enough.
2: Just plaid enough.
0: That's a cover band, but I'm not sure for who. Yeah,
2: I don't know who either. But <laughs> um, there you go. A bunch of hipsters. So, uh, Chet, your, your number one duty this uh, <laughs> duty, your number one duty this show as we go forward, is if, if anybody comes into the chat later and asks, what, what's the deal with Clues's hat? Just, just say Moiré Pattern, and maybe give him a Wikipedia link. Yeah, go with that.
0: Or say it's just Plaid Enough.
2: <laughs> or it's just yeah. Plaid Enough, which might be the name of tonight's episode, but I doubt it. I've got better names, but they involve swearing. And why is that not cool, Clues? Because uh, there's no swearing on Monday Night Magic, except for that one time... I think it might have been me, as a matter of fact. I'm
1: pretty sure all of us have messed up at least once.
2: We have, yeah. I have not tonight.
1: Up exactly twice. Look, not I know tonight. that I swore a couple weeks ago
0: on this show on purpose. Yeah. You did For, it no, on purpose. Did, yeah.
1: I have played Twice in the entire run of the show that I'm aware of. I remember those. Yeah. Anyway, this is one. how
0: much that we uh, are not looking forward to talking about magic. We are talking about how plaid things are and swear enough. So let's, yeah, let's get to it
1: the news TM.
0: the uh the the big news is of course the abandon restricted announcement happened today Look at and that. this is some uh uh blue. <laughs> that's a yeah there we go this is some stuff is what this is
2: this is some stuff so let's
0: format. let's start with the big one uh vintage so uh, that- usually when things uh happen in vintage it's a restriction that's right because the only things that are banned in vintage are anti-cards and physical
1: dexterity cards yeah dexterity dexterity cards
0: uh... and um logistical nightmare cards card card (laughs) singular right so with that in mind let's see what this says uh, let's see here. We've observed a rise in the popularity and win rate of vintage decks using Luris of the Dream Den. And for some reason, the auto card isn't working. So just as a quick reminder, in case anyone doesn't remember, Luris of the Dream Den is the companion. It says each permanent card in your starting deck has converted mana cost two or less. And during each of your turns, you may cast one permanent spell with converted mana cost two or less from your graveyard. And it's a 3-2 with life link, but that literally doesn't
1: matter.
2: Yeah, eh, it kind of does. I mean, a vintage, got...
1: where your curve is capping out at two. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so and um,
2: conspiracies.
0: Uh, thank you. Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. Let me let me take a minute. I'm going to I'm going to take a digression here. I'm going to take a, a, a host's prerogative. Let's say to just take you on a quick stroll down memory lane to explain just how. Momentous this is, quite frankly. OK, so as Except we didn't to... say
0: what this is yet. We didn't? No. Oh, damn it. Go ahead. Okay, so... That was what Lurus was. Uh, because of the nature of Vintage's wide card pool and powerful restricted cards, the deck-building cost imposed by Luris is less restrictive relative to the payoff of having Luris as a companion. Do you remember when they Day Zero banned the Otter in Commander? Because if you're playing blue red there was literally no cost to including it as a companion you remember that
2: yeah yeah i do
0: yeah uh well they've banned Luris in vintage because there's no if you're playing lots and lots and lots of vintage decks all of your permanence costs two or less already
2: yeah, and it's your it's your permanence. It's not all of your spells. It's yeah. just your permanence. Yeah. Which I'll be honest, first time I read this card, I didn't I didn't really that didn't all sink in that it was just the permanence, but there it is.
1: Yeah, and the th- the other thing is that normally they restrict things to you get one. Well, how many were you going to run? You, you yeah. need one and you had it so they can't just do that
2: (laughs) yeah Yeah, as uh, as pharmacist judge has pointed out in the chat uh, Lotus Lurus Lotus totally seems fair oh yeah no no problem there you, you could have done so can can I digress now? Can yes, yes, by all means. All right, sweet. Okay, um, let's uh, let's as as Chewy alluded to, uh, restricting is how they usually handle things in vintage. And for those who don't play vintage and don't understand the difference, restricting means you can only run one copy of that card in your deck, not four. One. Okay. So most of the like really powerful stuff, they're like, yep, that's really good. You get one. Um. So, magic happens. Nineteen ninety four, magic occurs. Lots of it. Anyway. Uh, at that point, the very soon after, they started to go, yeah, we're going to have tournaments with this stuff, but there's some stuff we probably can't do in tournaments. Uh, one of them is anti-cards. We'll just go ahead and ban those. Another is Scheherazade, because <laughs> Scheherazade, nobody really wants to play a game inside of a game. Forget that. In March of 94, they banned Time Vault. Then they banned Divine Intervention in August. Okay, so we're up to anti-cards, Scheherazade, Time Vault, Divine Intervention. That That's it. In 1995 that's when type 1 what we understand as vintage and type 2 what we understand as standard broke apart that year they also banned in vintage channel chaos orb and falling star now chaos orb and falling star those are manual dexterity cards channel uh, of channel fireball fame uh that you ask your i was going to say parents yeah go ahead ask your parents Damn. some of you your parents will have no Our idea what you're talking dead. about i'm sorry <laughs>
1: Tell us what your parents say when you ask them. Yeah, please.
2: Yeah, definitely. Whatever your parents say, put it in the comments of the YouTube video of this episode because we'd like to see it. In May of 95, Legacy, the king of all formats, is created. That's not important to this story, but I needed to mention it because there it was. So that was 94 and 95. Okay, we got just like three or four cards other than anti-cards that are banned. In 1999, Divine Intervention and Scheherazade get unbanned. Okay, so we'll just bring them back. Okay, so now we're basically Time Vault, uh, Channel, some Dexterity cards and Anti-Cards. In 2000, Channel gets unbanned. Fine, you can have it. 2007, that's right, seven years later before we have a change in Vintage, other than Restrictions. I'm ignoring Restrictions because those happen like all the time. 2007, Scheherazade gets banned again because... It probably should have just stayed banned the whole time, but there it is. Then we go another seven years to 2014 when conspiracy cards are banned because conspiracy is really all about a draft format and you're not drafting in Vintage, so just no. Then we got nothing until this year, 2020. We just banned Lurus of the Dream Den. That That's it. So right now, in Vintage, here's what you got. 49 cards are restricted. There are 26 cards that were restricted but aren't now. That's it. So you're under 100 cards that ever needed to be restricted. Some of them still restricted. Bannings, there are 38 cards in total that are banned in Vintage. Of the 38, 25 are Conspiracy cards. So that's most of them right there. Nine of them are cards with anti. So that's most of the rest. What's actually banned that isn't just this would be gambling or this literally doesn't work in this format. It's Chaos Orb, Falling Star, Scheherazade, and Lurus. Ta-da.
1: Yeah. Two cards that are not accessibility friendly, one of which is a total mess for all gameplay. And now this one, because the companion mechanic with the drawback on your deck here is meaningless and undermines one of the concepts of the game which is variety and in a format where it doesn't hurt at all so this is
0: that's wait 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 the, the the whole undermining variety thing has nothing to do with this banning
1: no um that's fair uh like vintage as a format has more cards than anything else and a free auto include that will go and Nearly every deck is an issue, but yeah, that's not the only reason. You're
0: right. What's well, also just the sheer power level without a deck building cost
2: mm-hmm. is, yeah. is really the the thing here. So this is this is really just banana pants, is what this is. This is just crazy that that this card. It's crazy that this card exists. Uh, but the the fact that it is banned in vintage is just mind blowing. I mean, look every week. Every week we have this uh, this discussion, usually on Monday mornings when we're like, hey, are we going to have a show this week? This announcement happened and we're like, well, that makes that decision. We got to talk about this.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Because like I don't
0: want to do a show today. I've had a really bad day, but I don't have a choice because they they banned a card in vintage. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Okay. This is
2: fair. This is fair. Stark has brought up a thing in the chat and he's right. He's right. This is fair. We're being mildly disingenuous, this is true, uh, because their normal safety valve, which is restricting, would literally do nothing for this card.
1: Yeah, which right? I think is what Squeeze said, right? Yeah. yeah, a bit ago. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like, they can't use the normal solution for this, so it's either ban it or deal with it. Yeah. And they don't want to deal with it, so they banned it. There isn't another option. They're not well, going to be like, you can have this, but you can't let it do its game mechanic. There's no way they're doing that. The card's in or it's not.
2: But it is uh, yet another example of, okay, what what cards are problems, right? If you just think about in the history of Magic, what cards are, other than blue cards, what cards are problems?
0: Uh, free the cards. cards
2: that are problems are cards that uh, circumvent costs, essentially. Uh-huh. Now, that cost can be an explicit cost, like a mana cost. So something like, and yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say it because I don't really like it because it irritates the crap out of me. I'm going to go ahead and say it, and that is like force of will where the mana cost, yeah, you've got an alternate casting cost that is basically no big deal in the formats where it's played. But even worse than that, I just wanted to get in and dig it at Force of Will. It's fine. (laughs) It's fine. Um, You need it to keep the combos in check. I get it. I get it. You don't have to tell me. No, but cards like uh, Phyrexian mana cards, okay, where we took the idea of a mana cost and we're like, oh, just use life instead. That'll be fine. And don't get me wrong. I get it. It's flavorfully interesting, but they were a problem, and shouldn't have been shouldn't have been printed quite frankly here's one here's one where one of the costs is that you've got this deck building restriction, but that cost doesn't really apply in this format, and so it's it's all it's basically all upside is what it is
0: yeah like honestly, i said it's it's the same. It's the same line of reasoning that led them to ban the Otter and Commander. Is there's, there's no cost for including it. And in a lot of decks, there's, there's literally no cost for including it. So, And it makes I, those
1: decks really good. Yeah. I think in the entirety of Magic cards, whenever they try to use deck-building restrictions as a control level and just make a card that's super busted but you can only run in certain deck scenarios, they just that's fine, people build those decks like that's why Delver of Secrets works like you just build the deck around the busted card if the card is busted enough, and then there's not a drawback because that's the deck you have, like the only deck building restriction that I can think of that actually did its job um, would be one that Clues hates that requires your library have 200 cards in it
2: oh god, don't even get me started on that card.
1: Um, But like, that's a real drawback. Like, That's a real, your deck is very different situation. And it does water down your option. So like, that's something. But most of the time when you're running a normal sized deck and you get this cool thing and you just are restricted in cards and the restriction isn't you can only play bad cards with it, then they're going to do that and it's going to get busted. Um, Here the restriction is even less and in a format where getting free things you know every turn is even more busted so have at it's a perfect storm
2: now uh, philo- philosophically there's a thing going on here and it's something that uh amaro has talked about a little bit on the twitters and probably let's say instagram i don't know you can't you can't really read instagram stuff anymore unless you're logged in now and that really pisses me off but anyway Um, philosophically, this is something that I encounter, uh, when, uh, making exams for classes. Okay. You can go like, uh, really easy or really hard. It's really, it's really difficult to hit the mark exactly. Right. So I can make an exam that's too easy. I can make an exam that's too hard, but to make an exam that is just the right balance of hard or, or easy is really difficult. They can do the same thing in R and D, right. They can make cards that are totally safe, and it's not going to break anything in any format. Or they can make cards that are really innovative. And it's really hard, I think, to hit the mark of making stuff that is innovative but isn't going to break anything. And so uh, what, what Morrow is asking is, which would you rather do? That we occasionally break stuff or that we make things that are always safe? And I think that that's an interesting thing to ponder philosophically. I mean, sure, we've had a lot of uh, format upset lately, but we've also had a lot of interesting mechanics lately. We've had a lot of interesting design space probed. Maybe that's the way uh, uh, to to describe it. Uh, and so, I don't know. It's just something to think about. Um, I don't... Uh, I don't think that uh, we should necessarily rush to grab the pitchforks because we don't like to encourage that sort of thing around these parts. Um, at the same time, uh, maybe they could not break everything so much all the time.
1: I mean, they don't break everything so much all the time. Like that's, that's the thing. Like some things are better than others, but if we look at the grand scheme of things that they've broken, in the big scale, we're looking at. Affinity being super busted, Phyrexian mana being a bad idea that still didn't result in cards getting banned. Although
0: some of them have been in various formats now. Yeah,
1: but like at the time, because remember, they're building for standard. Yeah. And like, they've said that many times. They build for standard. They sometimes factor in things that are good for older formats. But standard is where the balance concerns are. And they're not afraid of banning things in old formats when it gets busted. Like we had commons getting banned a few years ago when like, the treasure crews at all nonsense popped out because older formats just had a party with it. Um, but I, I think that they're learning something here, which is that every time they give us too much consistency, something bad happened. And I, I do think that the consistency is the biggest stretch on these because there's a big concern that if you play magic, it's not chess. Like, That's usually the comparison. Chess, everything could go the same way every time. There's no variance. There's no randomness. People show up with the same tools. Unless there's a cat in the house. Well, that is superseding all gaming. That is Um, true, yeah. But, like, there's no real variance. And so in chess, if someone is better than someone else, they will win nearly every time. Like, that's the point. Whereas in Magic, we have the mana system, and we have mana screw, mana flood, whatever as little variances so that it doesn't always go that way and you've got a chance of beating someone that's better than you. Um, when you take a lot of the variance out and you give people, well, you can always start with this card or, you know, things to that nature, then you lose a lot of that. And that that's one of its big edges. Like, I've played other card games where the resources are set and you will always go up one level. Like, that's technically how Hearthstone works, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and like that factors heavily into deck design, um, but it also cuts down on total variety if you don't have the level of flexibility that a game like Hearthstone plays with. Um, With Magic, where we've seen plenty of, you know, tournament formats where all of the leading decks are running an overlapping like fifty cards, and it's just a matter of what you do a little bit on the side. Like those get worn out faster, but they still have that randomness going on. Like starting with specific cards means. Did I win the coin toss? This is my play line now. And that's not really what people like in general for their magic. I mean, blue players do everything they can to achieve that, but the price they're paying for getting that consistency is that they're generally playing cards that on the surface are weaker, and also they don't get deep eat lunch.
2: I thought the um, price was their soul.
1: Uh, you don't have a soul in play blue. That's already paid for by the Orzhov. <laughs> um, but Yeah, I I think that this mechanic is touching a lot of things. Like, you'll notice they're not banning the mechanic or all of the cards the way they've done with other things. We'll we'll, we'll get
0: to that in a few minutes.
1: But, like, in none of the formats have they banned all companion. Like, the restrictions that they put on your deck building have different impacts in different areas. The overall idea they're still comfortable with to some extent.
0: I like the way we haven't finished getting through the first format and they're already going off on companions as a whole.
1: Yeah. That's the all conversation. Right.
0: So that was vintage. Let's yep. let's do Legacy. Sure. The king of all formats. Uh sure. So, uh Luris of the Dream Dan is banned there too.
1: Yep. <laughs> same reasons. For the same reasons, yeah. They even copy pasted the description.
0: Cause if you're playing Legacy and there are a lot of decks that just can throw in Aluris into the sideboard, and it's. Uh, it, it, it literally doesn't hurt you at all.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah. But there's another one. And that's Zerda the Dawn Waker. And again, the auto card isn't working, so let's go look at the pretty Elemental Fox. This is the one that says each permanent card in your starting deck has an activated ability. That is the companion restriction. Which, okay. And then abilities you activate that aren't mana abilities cost two less to activate. Okay. But it can't reduce it to less than one. And also you can pay one and tap Zerda. And target creature can't block this turn. And it's a 3-3. Those parts literally don't matter. So Not for
2: this discussion.
0: Uh, it says they're seeing high, very high win rates among decks using Zerda as a companion in combination with Grim Monolith. And because I don't play this, my first thought was, wait, Grim Monolith is a mana ability. Nope! Pay four to untap Grim Monolith is the activated ability that it's uh, using. So now yeah. it's pay two to untap Grim Monolith, which you then tap for three, which means that it's answer. a two-card... Infinite mana combo.
2: <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh that's terrible.
0: So t- two two cards. One one, two, to make infinite mana. That's ridiculous.
1: You'll like this combo, you've already got one of the cards. <laughs>
0: uh so it's they say it's not yet widely played, but the metagame data indicates that these decks would become problematic. And so they're just gonna ax it now.
1: Yeah.
0: They're like, We see that it, it will become the boogeyman as more people figure uh it out. Or it would have. So we're just gonna stop it before it does. Yeah. And uh yeah, that seems that seems good. Correct that. Yeah. So, okay. Those are the uh, Eternal Formats. Wow. That's pretty big. So, let's move on to Brawl. We've got one that I think will uh, surprise nobody. Drannith Magistrate has been banned in Brawl. This is the 2-mana 1-3. Your opponents can't cast spells from anywhere other than their hands. This just shuts off so many uh, cards and decks and, uh, in Brawl that, eh, they just decided to get rid of it.
1: Can you cast a commander with that? No. Can you it to the command zone? Yeah, that's, that's a format problem now, isn't it?
0: Yeah. So the previous thing that they have uh, gotten rid of for uh, similar reasons is the Sorceress Spyglass. Yeah. So you could name, well, abilities on your opponent's uh, commander, for instance. And so they did that because it shuts down just too many things, and Jonathan Magistrate does the same thing. So that one, that one feels good. That was that was fine.
1: That one makes sense.
0: Oh yeah, and uh, Brawl let's you use Planeswalkers as commanders too. That's why. That's the another reason Sorcerer's Spyglass is out. Good point. Thank you, Chat. Uh, but then there's the the one. There seems to always be one ban where people go, wait, what? And they have banned Winota Joiner of force J- I can't talk. Joiner
1: of Forces. <laughs> Malice. Winota. Joiner of Forces. So, Winota is the
0: 4-mana 4-4 in red and white. It says, whenever a non-human creature you control attacks, look at the top six cards of your library. You may put a human creature card from among them onto the battlefield tapped and attacking. It gains indestructible until end of turn. The rest of the go on the bottom in a random order. Okay. And they're saying... Let me just read this straight and then we'll translate into English. On the balance side of things, we're seeing that high win rates of decks using Winota, joiner of forces, as a commander are leading to increased play rates and reduced diversity of play experiences for brawl players. To translate that is, it's really good and so more people are playing it. Which is what happens when something's really good. But okay, let's read on. While we're generally more tolerant of win rate outliers in Brawl than in formats with a more competitive spirit behind them, we're choosing to make a change here in order to open up more viable choices for self-expression in the Brawl metagame. Unless your choice of self-expression is Winota, obviously. Yeah. So, this one, I... They're they're saying that they're banning the most popular thing so that people will play other things.
1: That's not usually the rationale that we follow in these. But like,
0: it's just, so is the next best thing going to be banned?
1: If 60 to 70% of people play it, probably.
0: I mean, do we have a 60 to 70% of people playing it? We don't have that information here. Did they say that somewhere, or are you just pulling a number out of your ass?
1: Uh, if my ass is the chat, then yes.
0: Uh, that is a 60-plus percent up. win rate, not 60-plus percent.
1: Ah, that was a misread then. Yeah, yeah.
0: But that's also got the word apparently in it, so you can't even trust that. Fair. But
1: they it's didn't... a high enough win rate that they decided to ban a card for being good. Yeah. We don't get those numbers anymore. Like I said, that
0: one just blows me away. They're like, in this casual-ish format, people like a card too much, so we're going to ban it. What? I think it's their wording that bothers me. They're like, this is really good, so a lot of people are playing it, so now no one can play it.
1: Yeah, usually when (laughs) cards get banned, it's because they're doing something unintended. Or something that other people can't interact with to beat it. And here they're just like, it's real good, you guys. And like, everyone's playing it. Because we don't know the numbers, as stated. Like, we don't really get those anymore. But um, in the past we definitely have had ridiculously powerful cards that most decks tried to run with. But they didn't get banned for being in too many decks. So or even too many winning decks. It's usually just this is something that destroys the entire metagame. game hard to tell that from this description
0: yeah now uh magnus in the chat is saying it is very fast for brawl and uh his anecdote i found it very frustrating to play against you were typically dead before you could set anything up and that i could understand Mm
1: -hmm.
0: if they like hinted at that at all but I, i really think that that probably is is a thing they just didn't say it here and since this is what people go by they really should spell stuff out here because literally what they said, I'm going to say it one more time, this is what they said, this is really good, so too many people are
1: playing it. Reduced diversity (laughs) of play experiences. In a
0: casual format.
1: (laughs) It's a weird descriptor to give as rationale when, you know... We've been trying really hard to get people to not yell ban it whenever something looks really, really good. Um, Exactly. Like, this is giving fuel to the wrong fire. But we'll see, I guess. I don't know.
0: <laughs> Chat I asks, mean, like, is this better or worse than we don't ban for CEDH, but this time we did. <laughs> this isn't that bad.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, Brawl as a format is already something that I don't think most things are built thinking about, so I wouldn't be surprised if we ran into some more of this and maybe they're just setting the precedent that if things get miserable, they'll just ban cards even if they're not game breaking just to shake it up. Which weird precedent set, but going off the description we have here, that's what I'm taking from it.
2: I have a conspiracy theory. Oh god. You ready? Sure. They did this just so people would talk about Brawl. <laughs>
1: Oh, it's like a. Actually,
2: I don't game. know how popular Brawl is, to be honest with you. I've only played it a couple of times and it was great. So, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Excuse me. I had to resize y'all's windows. I just realized. You remember I had to resize the first one? Yeah. But I didn't resize the small ones here on, on this screen. Uh, your little green uh, line was meant. Discord had another update to the way things are set up on, on the, the screen on Discord. So, all my windows got screwed up. Yeah. In case anyone happened to be watching going, "What is going on with their windows?"
1: <laughs> yeah, anyway, there you go.
0: so yeah, now there's there none of that is actually the important bit okay the the, the vintage band is, is pretty saying. big, but uh let's let's read on, okay, okay, they say. They're going to continue watching the evolution of the metagames uh, in the other formats, including Standard, Pioneer, and Modern. As of now, we're seeing a diverse and dynamic metagame that changes from week to week in Standard, Pioneer, and Modern. Before determining whether any changes are necessary and what the right changes would be, we need to see the metagame come closer to an equilibrium state. Currently, these formats are shifting too quickly for data to include what, if any, card or archetype poses a problem. And I think that's awesome.
1: Yeah.
0: That... Well, this goes back to when I yelled at Magic players for immediately saying companions should be banned on, like, the first week. Yeah. I caught crap for that. People were like, oh my god, Chewie, you don't even play Magic. And yet, here we are. The formats are shifting every week as people try to figure out what's better. And you'll notice... Even me, who barely pays attention to what uh, actual, like, pro Magic players are saying, I've noticed that what they're talking about is uh, different every few days. And that's awesome that the formats are continuing to do this. And if they just keep doing this the whole time, that's, that's good for the format, right? Like, if the metagame is constantly shifting every week. That means it doesn't become stale and solved. And that's what's currently going on. So, ha ha ha
1: ha. Yeah, if you pour all the format into a bucket and you swing it around over your head, you're good as long as it keeps moving. As soon as it stops, you're going to be covered in format.
0: (laughs) Ew. And that stuff does not wash off easily.
1: No. no. It takes like two years for it to rotate if you're lucky. <laughs> uh,
0: Now, there's another uh, paragraph here. Uh, we're aware of some players' concerns about the frequency at which they encounter decks using companions across several formats.
2: Did someone While... send them a pizza? Do what? Did someone send them a pizza? Is that why they're... Nah.
0: <laughs> you want to uh, explain no, that? No, no, no. I want people
2: to have to look that one okay. up. Okay. Okay. Uh, while
0: we're not currently seeing problematic win rates in Standard, Pioneer, or Modern from decks using Companions, we are looking at overall metagame share and potential for repetitive gameplay. The variance thing that uh, Squee keeps bringing up. Uh, If we see signs of long-term health issues resulting from a high metagame share of Companion decks, this is the important part, are you ready? We're willing to take steps up to or including changing how the companion mechanic works. For now, metagames need more time to evolve before we can determine whether changes are necessary. Wow.
1: That's spicy.
0: So hang on, let's jump over... no, nope, not Winota. Let's jump to one of these companions. Oh, how about Luris? Luris is, is always a problem. He's a popular kid. Notice on Luris. It doesn't explain what Companion does anywhere. It just says, if this card is your chosen Companion, you may cast it once from outside the game. That's all it says in the reminder text. So, there is a potential for rules involving like, game rules involving how Companion works to be
2: altered. I'm just hmm. saying. So how do you... What what can you do, though?
0: Oh, God. There, Everybody that makes Magic Videos has posted an opinion about this in the last several weeks.
1: Huh. Like, note that... Um, it just says you can cast it once from outside the game, but on the card it doesn't say that... Like you can cast it freely at the beginning of the game. As soon as you can pay for it, it doesn't say, you know, special conditions for that. Like it could just be a thing of, Oh, and then it gets put wherever. And now you can cast it. They could put restrictions on all kinds of nonsense. Like it wouldn't be intuitive. Like you'd need to know the rules. And I think that's something I'm afraid of, but,
0: but companion in, in and of itself is not super intuitive. So yeah. that's fine.
1: Like in the grand scheme of like when you had, um, you know, totem nonsense with your auras that popped off and did things. Like, a lot of things were not really intuitive back then either. Or, like, um, what was it, Sol bond? Going by the text of Sol bond did not tell you most of what Sol bond did. No. So it's not like we're unprecedented for that. But
2: yeah.
1: But it would definitely be interesting to see what they do, because changing how a mechanic works later means a whole lot of evaluation of what that's going to do and the fallout from that because the cards are already printed, so they can't tweak them to adjust for that. (laughs) But I I think this is a big step. Um, I think that, you know, to like, to make the comparison that I feel like we were making when they first previewed the mechanics for the set, a lot of the things that they're doing here are things that are easier to implement digitally than on paper. And that's part of a newer design philosophy that I think they're leaning into with Arena And all of that. But, like, one of the biggest advantages that games like, say, Hearthstone have over Magic is that Hearthstone can change the rules and they can change the cards. And, And in
0: fact, a balance patch on Hearthstone went live today that changed 12 cards.
1: Yeah. And, like, that's something they can do because it's entirely game mechanics, so you can't play it wrong. And they can literally change what it displays when people look at it. And Arena will probably be able to add further clarification if needed too. Right Damn. now they just need a solution that isn't in direct conflict with what's on the paper cards, or that's gonna be a well, massive headache.
0: Preferably that isn't in a direct conflict, but again, yeah. it's reminder text, so it doesn't
1: yeah. actually count. Like the whole thing of the restriction for what decks you can put it in will very likely stay. But Oh yeah, it's it's more goal um but a
0: change to uh like the most popular thing that i've seen people parroting is it's the eighth card in your hand at all times which is the problem Mm -hmm. even though i don't think that's the problem uh (laughs) i think it's the variance thing how this card is always in your hand i don't think it's an extra card in your hand that's the problem but whatever Mm -hmm. uh one fix i've seen is that when you reveal after you do all your mulligans and whatnot and you reveal your commander You then take one card and put it on the bottom of your deck, like from your hand. So, in order to have a companion, you actually have an impact, not only on your deck building, but on your opening hand. Yeah, I guess
1: really you could just start with six and just know that that's the seventh one sitting over there. Like, you would need something on the bottom.
0: But, like, that's not... Uh, th- that's just one idea that, like I've seen, I've yeah. seen a lot of people parroting uh, after whoever it was came up with it in the first place. But there are any number of ways that they could try to make the whole companion thing not affect uh, variants and be completely uninteractable, if they need to. Again, this yeah. is this is all just if. Right now, mm-hmm. the formats that they care about which are standard pioneer and modern are okay
1: yeah I appreciate that they're willing to tell us now that they're open to taking such a drastic step though that's the kind of thing that tells us they are paying attention which we don't always get so it's appreciated
0: yeah so yeah Luris uh, is a uh, what's the word what is Luris anyway? A cat. Yeah, I so Luris is uh, a bad kitty. <laughs> and, yeah. Zerta's too good, so we banned it. Mm. And Dranath Magistrate is... No, not not Zerta. Sorry, Winota's too good, so we banned it. Zerta could be the boogeyman, so we banned it. And Drannith Magistrate is just a dick. In Brawl. So we banned it. <laughs> yeah. So
1: <laughs> That's the vast majority of the relevant news.
0: Uh yeah. Now, because of Luris's ban, uh the commander rules had to have a tiny update. The the part of the commander rules used to say commanders played with vintage legal cards. But since Luris is still legal, they just removed the Commanders played with vintage legal cards. There you go. Yeah. Just because, you know, there are those people who'd be like, well, this isn't legal in Commander.
1: Does that mean it got banned?
0: They're in Commander in, in Vintage, so it's does that mean it got banned? Well, That's actually,
1: the say, yeah. uh,
0: so they've just snipped that in the bud. So, yep. good job. All right, so that's the biggest of the big news, and then a tiny tweak related to it. Now, yeah. there are a few more things. The Love Your LGS promotion. Ow. I clocked my teeth together.
1: <laughs> That'll teach you, Professional oh. man.
0: Take that teeth. Stupid teeth. So, uh, I don't even know how I did that. Something Stupid about Love Your LGS thing. promotion. Oh, well. All right, so what is this? Um they're sending stuff to game stores to to give away.
1: There you go. Yep. yep. <laughs> Someone's really neat.
0: Yeah, the Hangerback Walker is getting the Godzilla treatment with Mecha Godzilla Battle Fortress. Uh we get a nice shiny uh Reliquary Tower. And then there's a piece of art here with uh, Vivian. There we go. And the critter from the uh, trailer. Yeah. So let's see. If you make any purchase or buy any of it. Now this starts, when does this start?
1: June five. On June 5th.
0: or after the weekend of June 5th. They're not setting an end date because of the whole worldwide places opening and not opening and whatnot uh, because you know the plague nation attacked oh my god i just realized something the u.s is busing say
1: um was the wall your first clue
0: because there is no war in busing say there is no virus In the U.S. We have licked it. It is fine. That's a lie, by the way. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Uh, So if you make any purchase or buy any event entry, including store-run online events, then you can get a reliquary tower. Limit one per customer while supplies last. Uh, Let's see here. If you purchase a box of any product, then you could get the Hangerback Walker. This uh, says these are not limited to one per customer. and then for stores where people are able to safely gather which could be a while anyone who participates in a love your local game store event is eligible to receive an art print from the store which would be this whoops i didn't i clicked on it so there you go and they do say Stores and players should all closely follow the advice of their local officials and only open up or go to public spaces when it's safe to do so and advised by officials. Depending on where you live in the U.S., maybe don't listen to the officials, maybe listen to scientists and doctors. Yeah, I'm just let's saying. with that one, please. Because the officials don't care if you die in some states. I'm just saying.
1: It's uh, strongly recommended that these things are neat and they are not worth your health. I promise you would be able to find any of these on the secondary market later. It is cheaper than the consequences of getting sick at a bad time.
0: Or, you know, getting sick and then passing it along to mom it's and dad and grandma and, I don't know, you're the cat. Unless the cat's Lurus, in which case, screw that cat.
1: <laughs> Maybe we should get Alf to eat it. Do it.
0: Ah! <laughs> He's like, nightmare oh, yeah. cat, sounds delicious. I bet it's spicy. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Willie! Oh, Willie died. Huh sand uh so yeah there you go that's it's, it seems like a weird time to do uh everyone go to local stores promotion but you know whatever i i guess i guess sure
1: uh, i'm guessing this was planned for a while and here we are and here we are
2: I will say that I do like uh, Watsy putting an emphasis on loving your local game store. Yeah. There there have been some things lately where I didn't think they did that very well. This one is very clearly, no, seriously, like your local game store. They're cool. Yeah.
0: Now, speaking of things that were primarily for your local game store, you remember the Secret Layer Ultimate Edition? Of course not. No. And if you don't, then this doesn't tell you anything. But hey the release date for Secret Lair Ultimate Edition has been shifted to June 12th, which is two weeks, apparently.
2: Well, there's really no link to the original Secret Lair? There's
0: no nothing. I had to go look it up. This is the uh, From the Vault's uh, Fetchlands that comes in the giant box.
2: Do they not understand how hypertext works? No! No! they, they
1: don't and they haven't for years yeah that's unfortunately not a new thing but usually there's at least a picture of the product to go with it so we can infer something
0: yeah but this time there's nothing so it's it's the five uh, uh fetch land things in the giant display box which is the, just stupid but uh we we already ranted about all this yeah yeah uh whenever this was posted back in march in the first month of march as opposed to the 10th month of march Uh, that we're in now
1: first march
0: so yeah it was originally supposed to come out uh starting may 29th but now it's uh june 12th there you go in case you know that interested you Uh all right so just a couple more things uh I don't know why this is on Forbes.com, not on, like, the Arena website, but whatever. Uh, Arena's first ever cash prize tournament. Wait, what's it called? Do, do, do. Did, did they not bother to name it? The Arena Open. Oh, okay. And it's, uh, it's a thing. So let's see here. It starts May 30th. It's a two day event and it's be open to all interested players over the age of 18 in eligible territories. You remember we talked yeah, about Yeah.
2: Could you, could you say that one more time for me? Over the age of 18 in eligible territories. So if I'm under the age of 18, I should enter is what mm-hmm. you're saying. I mean, you can, but
0: you're not going to win cash prizes. So maybe don't waste your time.
2: Yeah. Okay. Fair
0: this is this is a, a relation to a discussion we had about a magic fest online kid who did really well but isn't getting the pro tour invite and isn't getting the cash prize because he's underage yeah so it's it's, it's right there so let's see here uh nice long rambling story okay So you have to log in for seven matches on May 30th before getting three losses. And if you win, go seven and three or better, it looks like, then on May 31st, which is day two, you have to win at least six out of seven before two losses in order to win cash rewards. What does it cost? I'm not seeing it.
1: I don't think it...
0: Oh, it's down here. Okay, here we go. It's way down at the bottom. So, the the day one format is best of one. And your entry options are 20,000 gold or 4,000 gems. And you can... Keep entering during the time frame. So if you get your three losses fast, you can go damn it and give them more money and get another shot. Uh, you'll get five Godzilla lands for entering. And you, let's see here. If you get three wins, you'll get 400 gems. And if you get seven wins, you'll get 200 gems plus day two. Two, 2,000 rather, 2,000 gems.
1: Uh, as your so, reminder, 4,000 gems was the cost to play.
0: Yeah, so you'll get half of your uh, entry back and day two if you manage to get seven wins. Now in day two is standard best of three. I don't know if you can change decks because that makes a difference. It doesn't say. That's a question to look up
1: but Um, what i mean they're they're technically separate formats so i would hope but that is true but it's
0: but it's one tournament so sure i don't know but uh if you get one win on day two you get your other 2000 gems so if you manage to make it to day two and get one win you are now playing for free Uh, and if you, let's see here, if you get five wins, you'll get 20,000 gems, six wins gets you a thousand dollars and all seven wins on day two gets you 2000 us dollars. So there you go. And yeah, Chad is already disagreeing, whether it's two events or one event or what, I, I don't know. I did see that, uh. Who was it? Meddling Mage. Chris Chris Pacula asked on Twitter, so can you change decks? But no one had responded at that point, and I didn't bother to go back and look again. So yeah, it starts at 8 a.m. Pacific Time on May 30th, Day 1, and goes until 7 a.m. Pacific Time, May 31st. So you've got looks like 23 hours to try to get your uh, Day 1 done. But then on day two, you have to join between 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. Pacific time. So there's a window. Oh. It's not all day on day two. That's very important.
2: No. Yeah, that's a pretty tight window. Yeah. So if you're not, you know, in the U.S.
0: Well, I mean, it's... It, everyone gets two hours to, to get yeah, there, but it so... it could be a
2: really weird, wonky time for that two hours, depending on where on the globe you are.
0: I mean, I agree, but... It's still, it's still more lenient than um, having to go to a GP.
2: Yeah, yeah. Where you have
0: to be there, you know, when it starts. So there you go. Someone asked, "Can you get multiple day ones?" I don't know why you would try to get multiple day ones because you can only day two once. So,
1: stock up on those Godzilla tokens.
0: I mean, I guess so you can try to get more gems
1: back, but you're spending more gems, so that seems really bad. Like, if you can't use more than one entry on day two, then you'll never make your money back.
0: Now, unless you're asking, chat, can you enter multiple day ones? And yeah, that's that's what I said. Yeah. You can enter as many times as you want as long as you've got time to try to get your wins. Uh, And the older gems to go with it but I'm pretty sure you can only get one day two token because having two doesn't do anything yeah so yay there you go that's I mean this is actually a pretty big deal if you're uh, over 18 and playing arena and have you know cash to burn? I don't know what four thousand 000... clues. Have you looked up what four thousand gems is?
2: Oh no, I have no clue. I'm sorry, I haven't. I haven't played Arena in months, so I don't. Uh, usually, you you look that sort techniques. of thing up when whenever we All bring right. it up. Hey, I'll, I'll go see what I can do.
1: <laughs> Find a conversion rate.
2: Ouch! uh that is a thousand dollar. No, I don't know.
1: I I think I just assume whenever I see currencies like that, and how other magic tournaments work i assume it's like a penny a gem and at certain quantities of buying it you might get price breaks but i'm told by chat
2: that it's about 40 dollars yeah
0: one person in chat said that but the problem is there's a range there's always a range when you're buying uh,
2: gems in bundles uh, yeah it is always the case that if you have more money it's it's you're you're better off
0: just like Like in in life. life
2: yeah just like in life no wonder
0: my life sucks all right so that's that and look here's the tweet about it the tweet doesn't say anything it just links to the forbes article so thanks mtg arena for yeah Uh, now the other other thing since the last time we recorded was that historic anthology 3 was revealed but unfortunately, there are literally no links to it on the Magic website anywhere, so now we're on
2: Scryfall. Yeah, I think it's yeah. more like 30 bucks because you can get 3,400 gems for $20. No, there you Isn't go. It, wasn't it 4,000 gems to, it, to enter? It was, yeah. Yeah.
1: So, there's some cop.
2: So, $25, $30, $40, bucks, whatever. Yeah, somewhere between 20 and 30 bucks, give or take.
0: Yeah. So, Historic Anthology 3... Uh, this time this, it's personal. Uh, yeah. Last time was electric boogaloo. So is this historic anthology with a vengeance? Sure,
1: why I not? Maybe it's the third one, it's like the search for Karn.
0: <laughs> but uh Yeah, these are cards being added to Arena for the historic uh format. And we have uh a Chroma's Memorial, Ancient Ziggurat, Body Double, Chainer's Edict, ooh. Devil's Play, Enchantress's Presence, Jim Palm Incinerator, Jim Palm Polluter, All Five Hondans from Kamigawa. Neat. That's pretty neat. Croson Tusker, my favorite uh, uncounterable instant that for some reason has a power and toughness. It's very strange. Mm -hmm. Uh, Momentary Blink, Maze's End, (laughs) Mirari's Wake, Ratchet Bomb, Ooh. Roar of the Worm, Silent Departure, Swan Song, Timely Reinforcements. Ooh. Clues, does that one make you twitch?
2: Uh, Timely Reinforcements?
0: Because eh. it's yeah. basically the anti-red card.
2: Well, yeah, but at least it's not blue. That I mean, is true. Yeah.
1: It, it is definitely a hater on an entire game style of aggro. Yeah. but aggro can also use it to make dudes so eh,
0: that's right I have seen it happen uh, tectonic reformation tempered steel unburial like rights and then the two that we already knew ulamog the ceaseless hunger and phyrexian obliterator
1: these are good choices
0: so yeah I, if they're looking to make historic go whoa duh, yeah yeah this is some of this is nuts yeah and they're hondans for some reason
1: I was really surprised they put all five of those in there. <laughs> I mean, it's better was that way. That any of them are in there, but, like, you would obviously run all of you do. But, yeah. Not what I would have picked. But I'm happy.
0: So, yeah, the Hondans, just in case you don't know, are legendary enchantments from uh, Champions of Kamigawa uh, that all have the subtype shrine, and they all have, at the beginning of your upkeep, do something... For each shrine you control, so gain two life, or deal damage to a target, or make a spirit, not a sapperling, or opponent discards a card, or you draw a card.
1: This escalates quickly.
0: It does, yeah. Having two Hondens of any given color, uh, any uh, combination out, is just ridiculous, and it just goes up from there.
1: Like there are definitely formats where, as expensive as it is. Just playing the green one and getting a token a turn would be considered an okay idea. Costs five. Getting a token every turn is very slow. But once you get two tokens a turn, you've you've gone off. And everything on top of that is rubbing it in. Like it's crazy. And that's just the green one, which is kinda slow.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I I made a deck that used all five of them very early on in my magic career. And like, spoiler alert, if you're If you get three of them up and one of them is the black one, your opponent doesn't get it. They're just going to discard three cards. They are top deck. It's true. It's super gross.
0: So, there you go. That's, uh. That's it? That's what we got? That's what we got. Uh, I'm, I'm well aware that there was a magic fest online, but I don't care to dig through Channel Fireball's website and their coverage website is just gone.
1: It just doesn't work.
0: I don't know if it's
1: intentionally gone or
0: unintentionally gone, but regardless, it's gone.
1: I think someone pointed out to them that channel can be banned. And so they just decided to hide. Um, but yeah, um, everything else that we have here is just reminders. So, do we want to do that?
0: Reminders?
1: Uh, you've got very little time left if you want to grab all your Planeswalker Point data.
0: Right. The link for oh, that yeah. it will be in the show notes
1: again. Yeah, May 27th is a week from Wednesday. So, nine days yeah. from right now. Be aware that time may be weird, but it is still marching on.
0: So, here's the coverage.channelfireball.com site. Isn't that nice? I thought that was nice.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. There was the the Red Bull Untapped or whatever it was called event this weekend, but no one cares. And sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, there it was something about a Command Fest online. So if that interests you, you already know about it. So yeah, have a party.
1: Um. Some of my general disinterest with all of these things are, like, if I can't find out about stuff by going to the Wizards website, I I just don't treat it as real anymore. Between offloading so much of their tournament stuff to other websites and it being really hard to find things and the fact that their big, crazy arena event is (laughs) in Forbes and not even mentioned on the Wizards site or on the calendar... Or anywhere else I looked on arena tells me that, eh. (laughs) Who knows? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure they'll post something tomorrow and that they just gave Forbes dibs, but still. It is confusing if I hear about a thing and I go to the Wizards website and I can't find it. That's just. Oh. Chat says the
0: the big arena thing is being officially announced tomorrow in the state of the game. Well, then, why did they announce it today on Forbes?
1: I don't think they're benefiting a great deal from Forbes doing the announcement and then them going, We better wait. We don't want to pull attention away from Forbes. Like, no, that's not strategy. You sync them up and announce both. Forbes is not there to bring in magic people, it's there to bring in people that kind of care about magic. And the magic people are just going to look on the Wizards website. (laughs)
0: So. bill works in we're, marketing by the way so he's we're not, not competing just with this. his
1: ass <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're not competing with forbes it also doesn't matter if people see something in two places at the same time that doesn't hurt anything like forbes is like give me man you guys spiked our announcement to wizards that's <laughs> not a thing
0: it wouldn't surprise me if forbes paid some money to wizards to be able to have uh exclusive but I've also been ranting about the Epic Games Store a lot lately, which is what they do, so...
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess Forbes also just wants to produce X amount of content in hopes that people will pay them money for it. I guess. That's weird. Like, having random people make your announcements is always a questionable choice unless they're reaching new audiences, but that doesn't mean you don't also announce But hey, we'll see what they say tomorrow. Maybe they'll give us more details and clarify one event versus two events same deck carryover. um whether or not um they will ban all event in time to not impact the event uh, who knows <laughs> <laughs> so should we wrap up i guess yeah yeah we have nothing else to discuss yeah that's tim's the magic news so yeah um you can find me on Twitter at Squeegoblinabob. There's no Iron Goblin because it actually got trapped under the anti cards when they started banning things a long time ago, and occasionally sneaks out with a conspiracy to have a party. Um, beyond to, that, to play uh, a sub game, I'm, to play a sub game under the table because <laughs> they're they're hanging out with Shahrazad and the blanket fort. Um, it's a good times. I'm glad I have a sign, Shahrazad. Like, of all the magic cards that I would get signed, that's definitely one of them. Um, It's also really funny to interrupt the Foglios, because they're like, yeah, we did magic cards a long time ago. Every once in a while we sign them. We don't actually know if they're good or bad or what, but we're happy and people like it, so roll with it.
0: Uh, That's the important bit.
1: I think I still have Phil Foglio on my phone.
0: That's not weird at all.
1: Yeah. Uh, Anyway um so other than that like most of what i've been doing with twitter lately is honestly just posting what playlist i'm listening to while i'm doing work stuff because i'm linking to the playlists they're fun to listen to it's good background noise i'm not really reading twitter feeds because half of it's people complaining about magic and the other half of it's people complaining about the state of the world and it's important to learn how to separate different things instead of just living entirely in a state of misery um don't be ignorant of the world around you, but learn how much you can handle before it eats you. And I'm trying to spread that out a bit. And Twitter is not exactly the environment where the most reasonable voices are the loudest. So yeah, not where I go to for that. I get my politics from like, you know, reviewed websites, um, journalists, things like that. I don't get it from random person with 6,000 followers not really where I get my news.
0: And definitely so. not from a random person with 27 followers.
1: Oh, man. But that egg icon is, like, striking to the you know truth of Twitter.
0: Um, <laughs> shows they're OG. It,
1: it lets you know that they're not going to change their profile for anybody.
0: Well, because uh, they're a butt.
1: Uh, I mean, people. Al- al-
0: <laughs> also, uh, Tentac Priest just subbed for the 21st month and said, Remember to disinfect your keys and phone after you go outside. Yeah, that's been such... A pain in my ass ever since yeah. uh, this whole thing started is, whenever I come in from a DoorDash shift, I have to disinfect my uh, keys on my phone, and the, I'm, I really need to take some keys off of the damn ring. Yeah, and and maybe lose a ring because I've got two for some reason, and that's just more stuff I have to do this too. And yeah. when I have to, and all of these have happened when I really have to pee, or I'm really hungry. Or I have something in my eye. There's nothing I can do until I've disinfected everything, uh, removed the gloves, washed the hands, then I can pee, eat, or uh, dig a boulder out of my eye.
1: Do not confuse any of these tasks.
0: That is important, yeah.
1: Um,
0: but that is, that is good, yes. Everyone should totally do I, that.
1: As another thing, like this is going to be really obvious in hindsight, but I don't see a lot of people knowing they can do this, you can use the speakerphone on your phone when you're not surrounded by other people. It's okay. It's less time that your phone is against your face. I know most people don't make calls anymore anyway, but if you do, use the speakerphone. It's fine. You're probably not out in public. You shouldn't be out in public. So you don't have to worry about being rude. And it's less face-to-phone time.
0: Wait, what Um, do you mean speakerphone? You mean where you hold the phone out in front of yourself like this and talk on it? That has a name? I thought that was just called using the phone.
1: There's also a button that actually activates the microphone a lot better, and it makes it a lot louder. It's this ancient technology.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's called using the phone, right? I thought that was the, you pick, you hit the, the answer button, and then you hit the use phone button.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, you're right.
0: Yeah, like, I've I, I have an iPhone, so I can't hold it up to my face, or else I can't hear what people are saying, so. Right, right. <laughs> it's an amazing... Uh computer in your hands it's a terrible phone
1: <laughs> yeah it's a baby <laughs> tablet at this point um out yeah that's a that's a thing that I people should probably use more often if they're still making calls. Uh, the frequency with which I see people walking around outside holding their phone against their face and like, please stop. I promise if you're outside, you've already touched something and now you're touching your phone and now your phone is on your face and you've already failed. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, so that's the thing. Um, Other than that, is something that's just quick and fun. I'll note that despite my cynicism when the demo came out, I did enjoy FF7 Remake, which I said before. I've been playing it again on hard mode because it does New Game Plus, which is something every game should have. And hard mode has been a lot of fun and a lot of challenge. And so if you're still out there playing it, give hard mode a go after you finish it. I promise it's Good. appropriately labeled hard mode.
0: Did um, Did you get all the, the, what is it you were looking, dresses? Did you get all the dresses you wanted?
1: Uh, I still have to get the last three, but... Are these like
0: achievement to... equivalents or something? I guess you're um, on PlayStation
1: trophy equivalents or something? I mean, you get trophies for doing it, but ah, the thing okay. is, there's... Each of the three characters you get dresses can get three ones, and you're only going to get one each playthrough. Oh, so okay, you gotcha. Collect, and which one you get depends on what things you did in three different chapters. So if you want to get all of them, you have to replay three chapters over and over again. But they are branching path chapters, so like, it's not the exact same thing and make a different dialogue choice. So it's not quite that. I gotcha. But no, it's been fun. Um, I defeated the optional super boss yesterday and it was super satisfying and it took forever. But I did it and I felt great. And then I went on YouTube and found someone who did it in two minutes. I'm like, right. (laughs) There are those people.
0: Um, There are always those people, yeah.
1: The people that actually have done the grind out infinite stats thing and totally school things. And I'm over here like, it took me 45 minutes when I finally won that gauntlet. And it was, like, my tenth attempt. So, (laughs) yeah. But I was having fun. The gameplay is good. Like, playing as Cloud is the biggest mistake they can do for showing off how good the gameplay is. Because Cloud kind of sucks. The trick is to play as Tifa and pretend it's Smash Brothers and just destroy everything with your fists. And then make a dolphin kill someone. It's a good time. And that's my tirade on that game. So now I will give it over to Clues. Clues.
2: Hey, uh, if you'd like to hear more from me, I am on the Twitters. I'm at LockLuzet, spelled just like it is in the show notes. But I got to tell you, squeeze onto something. Maybe don't don't go to Twitter all that much. It's probably a good place to avoid. Um, I have recently come back to Breath of the Wild after having been away for a long time. I put up a poll to see if people thought that I should just push on because I'm like really close to the end. I've unlocked nearly all the shrines. Uh, I've got... A uh, whole bunch of hearts, whole bunch of stamina. I just haven't done the whole, you know, go Assault Ganon thing. Calamity Ganon, excuse me. Um, so I put up a poll. And... Jane, but Ganon? I'm sorry?
1: Is that like Calamity Jane but Ganon?
2: Yeah, exactly. Nice. Um, I put up a poll to see if I should just push on or if I should start over. Because, I mean, I put a lot of time into this game. And uh, the Twitter poll was extremely helpful in that it was overwhelmingly, like, evenly split. 51% thought that I should restart and 49% said wow. that I should push on.
0: I so, voted push on.
2: So that's definitive. So right now I'm pushing on um, just because I started playing again and I do remember a lot of it. So uh, we'll see. I don't know. It's it's kind of fun. Um, so that's neat. Um, other than that, I'm baking. So I made bread last week and I made pretzels last week and the pretzels were amazing.
1: They looked really good.
2: He sent us. A they, were, they, were, they were very tasty.
1: Your, your carbomancy is growing.
2: Yeah, it, it is. It is. So I keep sending them to squeeze since, of course, he's not eating the. the I'm sorry, squeeze. I'll stop sending you those pictures. Yeah, it
1: doesn't so. actually bother me.
2: No, okay, I'm, then I'll keep I, sending. I
1: Facebook you. way more than I'm annoyed by you, because Facebook apparently decided that, you know, telling anyone at all that I'm doing keto and not eating bread means I only get ads for donuts and pizza now nice that's it just donuts nice. and pizza constant donuts and pizza
2: and uh the the bread was good but it wasn't as good as the pretzels the pretzels were were amazing what i'll say uh, let's you know other than that uh nothing interesting going on you know i mean as far as i know the world's fine yeah the world's fine right nothing no problems out there i've not uh, been paying attention
0: clues talk
1: to me after class
2: <laughs> oh okay all right sure yeah i'll stick around
1: <laughs> come um, clear who didn't do the reading
2: That wash your hands when you're done. Wash your hands again, and then uh, about ten minutes after that, you should probably wash your hands. And uh, I will pass things over to Chewy, I guess.
1: Oh, if you're using a reusable mask, you're supposed to wash those. Oh yeah. Like I I know that people say that, but I'm saying it again because I know a lot of people that don't do that. Just to take out That's... the filter, put in a new one, and like in the middle step, wash the mask. Yeah. <laughs> These are things you can do. There's a million guides online. You're not helping yourself nearly as much if you're not cleaning the basket.
2: Yeah, that washing bit's really important.
1: All right.
0: Yeah. So, uh, first and foremost, on Saturdays, right here on twitch.tv slash The we're doing Twitch watch parties. So if you're in the U.S., apologies for that. And if you have Amazon Prime, apologies for that. Then you can come uh, watch with us. Uh, The U.S. thing is, while it's still in beta, hopefully they will work past that soon-ish. But the have Amazon Prime thing is totally not going to change. Sorry. But I put up a poll after consulting chat uh, after our last one where we watched uh, Clue, which is, like, the best movie ever. And the poll said... Which, what should we watch? Now, It's it's got 22 hours left, but I don't think any number of votes are going to change this. Uh, the options were Cabin in the Woods, which is an excellent deconstruction of horror films, while still being an excellent horror film in and of itself. Uh, Vampire's Kiss, which is Nicolas Cage at his most cagest, I'm pretty sure. Uh, it's a bizarre-ass movie. And if you've ever seen the clip of uh, Nicolas Cage reciting the alphabet in true Cage fashion, that's from that movie. Uh, Street Fighter, the movie, which needs no introduction. And The Disaster Artist, which is the movie with uh, the Franco brothers, James and his brother. I don't know his brother's name. Do you guys know James Franco's brother's name? The other guy that was in...
1: James Franco. Do what? I just like to believe they're both James Franco.
0: I mean, it, it could be, yeah. But it's about the making of the film *The Room*, which is well known. The three of us were actually on the School of Movies episode about *The Room* so long ago. Uh, but it's it's a well known horrible movie. And but Greg Sestero wrote uh, a book about it called *The Disaster Artist*, which got turned into a film, and it's actually really good. So whether I guess it works better if you know The Room, but I yeah. think it still works if you don't.
1: It's like, just... We actually went and saw it in a theater. Yeah. And that was one of the rare times where, like, Chu and I actually got to see a movie at the same time. And um, I'm pretty confident I would have enjoyed that movie if I hadn't seen The Room. But I feel like having seen The Room and had the same conclusions that a lot of the cast did just watching it made it much more satisfying when the characters and disaster artists also jumped to those conclusions.
0: Yeah. Like, her belly button? The belly yeah. button was the one I was thinking of. I
1: know it's the one you are thinking of. <laughs> uh, Do you so... remember me commenting when we watched The Room and you'd already seen it? And, like, I was just hitting <laughs> the same checklist that you were doing real time? It, it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it looks like
0: uh, Cabin in the Woods and Street Fighter the movie uh, are winning. And, yeah. like I said, are, are going to win. So, on Saturday... This this coming Saturday, we're watching both of these. I just need to figure out what order we're watching it in. So I'm probably going to put up another poll asking, hey, which what order do we watch these in? But yeah, so we're going to watch Cabin in the Woods and Street Fighter the Movie on Saturday right here on Twitch.tv slash The Manipool. So come join us. It uh, They've all been fun thus far. We watched some Star Trek uh, The Next Generation episodes for the first two weeks. And then two two weeks? Might have been three. We did time travel episodes, then we did time travel episodes, then we did Borg episodes, so yeah, for the first three weeks. And then uh, We watched Clue, and now we're gonna watch these two, because Clue we were watching four episodes of the next generation, which it's roughly an hour apiece. Roughly, when you count, you know, talking in between and giving people a chance to get up and go pee and whatnot. And then yeah. last week we watched Clue and we were done. And it was really awkward. Like, I was like, I feel like I should keep streaming, but there's nothing to do. I don't know. So now we're just going to watch two movies, damn it. It's going to be a TMP Watch Party double feature. Yes. All right, all right. And then next week, or well, yeah, after that, I will do another poll with four more movies. Probably the two that didn't win and two others. just going to have a rolling, rolling list. And that's just what we're going to do on Saturdays from now on. And it's going to be awesome. Okay. okay. And also, yeah, I stream games here <laughs> on on this channel. Uh, I play Skyrim, uh, usually Friday nights after uh, a DoorDash shift. It's just nice, chill. Friday night Skyrim. Yeah. I wake up. Uh, yeah. I'm playing Shadowgate, the 2014 remake, uh, right now. Not not right now, but you know that's the thing I'm currently playing on stream. It's uh, Shadowgate is an old first person point and click game that was ported from the Mac. It's a Mac Venture game originally, I think, but it it's ported to the NES, and I love it. It's so good. It's also stupid hard. Mm-hmm. But in 2014, a company did a complete remake of it. That's not just like Ducktales remastered. It, it, where it just got pretty graphics. It's It got pretty graphics, and they changed a lot of stuff. They added a lot of stuff. They moved around a lot of stuff. It's more like, like the Resident Evil HD remake. Yeah. Hmm. Where, like, you'll recognize things from it, but stuff is different, and it's much longer. Like, the original took, like, two hours. Yeah, I'm three hours in, and I'm not halfway yet. Yeah. So... It's been really cool, uh, all the different ways to die in Shadowgate, because there are a lot of ways to die in Shadowgate. I love point-and-click adventure games, by the way. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. That's what is going on there. And then over on YouTube, we just, what went up today was the, or yesterday, if you're watching this uh, when it goes up tomorrow, uh, was the TMP Nerf report where Mike and I talked about all those cards in Hearthstone that were nerfed and buffed. Nerfed and buffed! They did nerfs and buffs at the same time. That's actually momentous. Because usually they they don't do buffs at all, and when they do, it's, it's very rare. So yay. And Shadowgate will start going up soon, and I just finished Halo Wars. Yeah, lots of stuff going on over there. Now, if uh you want to help support what I do I should tell you that Manipool Productions on the whole is uh a Patreon supported endeavor so if you go to patreon.com slash the you can sign up to become a lifeguard which will get you stuff you can get Manipool episodes and YouTube videos early you can get access to the odds and ends which let's see I've got all the way up to like February are posted now and all of the ones up until today I have started the prep work on putting them together so I'm gonna get those caught up in short order like for realsies and serious because it's killing me having all these numbers up on my white it's what I keep looking at all these numbers up on my whiteboard over here it's pissing me off and I'm gonna get them all with the red dot on one side to show that I've done the first step and then the red dot on the other side to show that a I've done more steps and then the line through it to show that it's up. And right now they've all got the dot on the left side and some of them have a dot on the right side. I'm very excited about that. And also, hey, Saint Sigal threw a, a thousand, a thousand bits and said, "Yay, lifeguards. Well, thank you." Damn. Mm. Uh so yeah. Also, you can get the sponsorship shout out on both podcasts and at the end screen, on the end screen of each YouTube video. So hey, let me Shout out the, uh, Mythic Lifeguards. <gasps> Jason Doan, Kim Maho, Andrew Hunt, Al, Lance Delicious, Team Hellas, How are you? Connor Kennedy, John Morris, Alex Gonzalez, Scuzzo, Jeff Spencer, Stuart Slaw. Oh, come on. Oh my god, that's been happening all the time lately. No? Alright, let's see if I can get through this before that comes out. Uh, where did I stop? Search Law. PJ McMullen. Casey. Danny Liao. Cody. Nope. Cody Buckowing, Jake Jansen's. Jason Cows. John Parker. Aleph Cat. Beardy Man. Uh. Bartle. Backwards Logic. ALK Alters. And the the Beast Father. Aaron Goodwine. Oh my god. Alright, with that, we're going to stop now before I actually do sneeze all over everything. So I hope you all have a fabulous. Uh, I don't know period of time until we next talk to you and uh, come back on Wednesday for probably more Shadowgate probably yeah so thank uh, so thank you all
1: I'm gonna sneeze it's like we could help them, but we're not <laughs> damn it uh, so th- th- thank you all me.
0: so very much for joining us and uh Ah, just... Lurus is a bad kitty.